genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello there. Welcome to episode 42 of 15 Minutes of Genius. Who do we like to bring on the show? Really cool freaking people that are in all walks of CPG, which is uh, consumer packaged goods. We have advisors, consultants, we have investors, we have entrepreneurs that have that run food and beverage business, pretty much anyone and everyone that's in CPG. We love to bring them on here. And this guy, we go way back about at least four or five years, been you know kept in touch. We worked together uh, at Base Makers for a year or two. Um, so I will get into that in just a second. But before I do, want to make a big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He is the guy, the guy, the guy. That's it. There's nothing else to say. He is controlling everything here except me to an extent, maybe a little bit, but not too much. I got some freedom here. So let's roll into our guest, Jake Savage, the man, the myth, the legend. He is the founder of Jake Savage Co. I like to say consulting company. Little bio on him. Jake discovered his passion for persuasive communication in 2007 when he got a job as a door-to-door sales rep. Since then, he's knocked on nearly 100,000 doors. That's that's like the Guinness Book of World Records right there. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. He has sold millions. It would be harder to do in this environment, right? Uh, he sold millions of dollars worth of, pro- of products. He's led his own sales team to the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing companies in America twice. Today, he hosts the podcast Persuasion School, which is very important in sales. And he has his own consulting firm teaching nonprofit fundraising teams how to win bigger donations. Jake, how you doing, man? I am doing well. Good to be here. How about yourself, Alex? Doing really good. I think we're accidentally wearing like the same like blue plaid shirt, um, unless my eyes are deceiving me. Yeah. We're just, you know, amazing shirt. You look great. You too. Your shirt's amazing as well. You know, great minds, (laughs) great minds think alike here. So (laughs) absolutely right. All right. Well, um, I met you uh, when we were working with base makers uh, a few years back. I think we hired you guys for Southern California, hitting Whole Foods and a bunch of other stores. Max Bauman, awesome guy, you know, the owner, CEO of uh, Base Makers. So uh, you departed from Base Makers. I know that was one of your, that was your stint in CPG. Tell us, I guess, your, uh, your story, right? You started in CPG, you worked for Base Makers, you were the president of the company, and then now you are, uh, you know, freelancing and have your own company. Tell us your story of going from CPG to where you are now in consulting. Yeah, that story starts, I would say, about maybe three or four years ago. I was the, the still the president of Basemakers at that time and was really loving what I was doing. I mean, I, I've loved every aspect of working with Basemakers. It's been an incredible opportunity and experience getting to build and train a team of salespeople around the nation. That's been a lot of fun. I think it uh, started to really broaden my perspective on what could be possible, I think, for everybody and also for me down the road. Being able to help somebody that is struggling as a salesperson on the verge of quitting, 
going from that stage to being able to close deals left and right, making their way to second, third, top of the list. It's, it's incredible to watch that. And it's also just, uh, I think eye opening to, you know, sales just in general is one of the most important aspects of life, being able to communicate your ideas and all your ideas. And so if I could help these people at Basemakers accomplish that, I started to think maybe I can take this a little bit further and help everybody, whether they're salespeople or just kind of the masses be able to get more of what they want in life. Things like deals, donations, or dates even, or raises or promotions or navigate job interviews. So I started thinking about 3.0. Okay, if I were to do this, what would that look like? How could I help more people in addition to the, the team at Basemakers? And I, I thought about getting into sales training and becoming a sales consultant. And I started to pursue that path for a little bit. But uh, long story short, in 2012, I spent six months living in Eastern Europe in Moldova and had a lot of firsthand experiences with human trafficking. And uh, it was a wild chapter of my life. But I ultimately, through a series of events, realized that I wanted to fight human trafficking one day, but didn't know how. And just spent all this time uh, knowing that that was what I felt like was my calling. And then I had my craft, which was sales training, and just couldn't find a way to combine the two. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until a year ago, I said, forget sales training and being a consultant for other companies. Why don't I leverage this corporate sales experience that I've got to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations? Because when the donations stop flowing, you know, sometimes the mission has to go on pause. And when you're fighting things like human trafficking, you can't really afford to have the mission go on pause. So that's really where the, the idea came from. And then it took about two years of me building some traction and getting to the point where I felt confident enough to, to make that leap. So today I'm still the, the chief sales officer at Basemakers and I'm there part-time, I'm a part owner of the company, but I'm spending all my time and efforts trying to work with nonprofits and specifically anti-trafficking nonprofits if possible. It's really great. I mean, it's a really, really powerful story where most people in general just go hardcore business, right? Like sell, 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 um, selling a product, selling something, which, you know, products change people's lives, right? If it's healthy, right? Like a food or beverage that is functional and great for you and clean. But I really commend you on, you know, what you are doing because you're wearing your heart on your sleeve. You're, you're combining the best of both worlds, right? You love sales and then you also want to help nonprofits and really fight, you know, this, what's going on, right, in the world with human trafficking. And uh, it's a great cause, right, to fight this. And, you know, like Rebel, right? I mean, they're a competitor to ours in a way, and uh, they're fighting yeah. it as well. And so right. really commend you on that. So tell us more, because that, that I think is the area of interest, right? Like base makers, you know, a lot of people already know base makers. Uh, they know all about what you guys do. They see you in stores, even during the pandemic, you know, putting their lives at risk going into stores, which is really, I think, commendable. But tell us about, like, how you're fighting human trafficking, what kind of money you've raised, what are some of the initiatives to help really bring more awareness to this and eventually, like, minimize what is going on, not only overseas, but it's also happening here, which is really crazy. So tell us more about your, absolutely. your mission with, uh, with fighting human trafficking. Yeah, absolutely. The, the initial experience happened overseas, but definitely involved here in the U S it's unbelievable, uh, how big of an industry it is, but 
in terms of progress being made so far, for one, I just made this jump two weeks ago into full-time consulting. So I'm in conversations now with a couple of different anti-trafficking uh, nonprofits and hoping to be able to partner up with them. I think the initial um, or, or first sort of experience that brought some excitement, I think, and also was able to serve as a breakthrough uh, and uh, affirm this transition was this past summer during the pandemic. So it's, you know, maybe March or April. And I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who worked at a, an anti-trafficking organization and he was on the fundraising team. And he said that because of COVID, they were on pause, this fundraising team. And this is a very big organization. And it just blew my mind that they were on pause. And they said that it was because they didn't want to be tone deaf or disrespectful or rude, approaching people asking to give during this time. Mm -hmm. And of course, I understood that perspective. But I think given the extensive sales background, at least my definition of sales and my perspective of sales is truly serving the customer, identifying what their needs are, what their goals are, what their wants are, and how you can frame what it is you're offering in a way that meets those needs and goals. And it requires a lot of empathy to understand where they're coming from. And so when I heard that this fundraising team was on pause, I started to think, well, what about all these people around the world that are under dire circumstances, true modern day slavery? That's, you know, there's, there's no time to stop. And in the past, I think it's really tough for people here at home, especially in the U.S., to feel any, sorts of, any sort of empathy toward that uh, mission because we just don't connect with it. It's so, you know, outside of our peripheral, we can't, we can't connect with it. Right. So I started to think again, March and April, okay, now people are really hurting and they're quarantining. And it, I was on a run and I just started thinking quarantining, being, being quarantined is the same as being held in captivity. Like the idea, obviously, of course we have it way better, but I started to think, wow, maybe now people could have a new sense of empathy mm -hmm. because they're being held kind of against their will inside right. of their homes. Right. What if it clicked? I think it could click. And so I started this GoFundMe campaign and said, Hey, let's all do a virtual marathon or virtual run. And you pay to jump in and 100% of the proceeds will go towards anti-trafficking organizations because I had this thought, I feel like I, even though it's tough and people are losing jobs, I think it will click and I think people will give. And so people started to give and this GoFundMe made it to 500, a thousand, 1500, $4,000. And once it got a little over $4,000, uh, a very large anti-trafficking organization saw my videos on LinkedIn and social media and said, wow, we can't believe this is working in the middle of a pandemic. Can we adopt this idea? And with our leverage, we'll throw some fuel on the fire. We've got celebrities and pro athletes that we can help get behind. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that? And I said, yeah, whatever we got to do to blow it up. So right. we did, in a course of three months, raise $330,000. Wow. And that funded exactly 49 rescue missions around the world. Like, unbelievable. So... Mm. Really, it was the sales training that led me to even have that thought. Like, I, I get you don't want to be tone deaf, but that's now is the time because it's going to click for people. Like, let's make this happen. Mm. That is uh, that is one hell of a story. Um, I mean, raising well over a quarter million dollars 
for this cause, donating to anti-traffic organizations. I mean, and you also like there's concrete results, right? You've like basically saved. You think you said 49 was it 49 lives? Did I hear that correctly? 49 rescue missions. I'm not sure about the details of yeah. those lives, but that's what I was told. Yeah. Yeah. But it probably definitely trickles down to actually making an enormous difference and very likely saving lives, like, or, you know, at least not traumatizing people and they don't have to subject themselves to what's going on, you know, how terrible this is. So this is yeah. amazing. And I want to kind of circle back to your consulting company, which, you know, you just started. So congratulations. I'll send you a, um, yeah, thanks. a welcome, um, you know, a stress basket of fruit to say, like, don't stress out too hard from starting your own business, you know? Um, yeah. and then, and maybe throw in some shroomy shots or something. That's one of our guests we have <laughs> shots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anti, anti-anxiety, anti-stress shots, but, okay, um, I'll take it. I'll take it. there you go. I mean, I, I need them. So, um, but let's go into, let's go into persuasion, right? You started your own consulting firm. You're on your own. You're still the chief sales officer of base makers, which is incredible. You're running two things at once, but, uh, I guess, yeah, just tell us, like, you're, you're getting into this new venture. you got to be really good at persuading people. Tell, give us some advice on how to persuade someone, how to listen, when to talk, when to listen, when to push, when to pull. There's all these dynamics in sales in general on being able to sell people, right? And I wouldn't say selling people is the right word, but building value so that they find value in what you're doing enough to actually carry it or buy it. So give us maybe a couple minutes of advice on selling persuasion straight from the guy that is super persuasive so hmm. i think that uh for the your audience in particular primarily food and bev um when it comes to selling something and persuading somebody i mean the biggest thing that you can do is really just to ask as many questions as possible you know it's unbelievable how little uh, questions a lot of salespeople ask these days. And that's yep. because they have a, a story or a presentation almost canned. It's ready to go. You know, your product and your brand like the back of your hand, right? And you're just kind of regurgitating this every time you, you know, have a conversation with a potential buyer. And at some point it becomes a numbers game. And I think in a sense, it will always be a numbers game, but I do believe that you can improve that ratio of those numbers over time by becoming more persuasive. And so what a lot of salespeople need to learn to do is to hold back on the uh, the canned presentations and do a couple things. First, when you're having a conversation with a potential buyer, whether it's in the field, you're going into a store and you're trying to expand the visibility and presence of Genius Juice, maybe get it to eye level or land a display, you need to, or, or if you're sitting down to meet with a buyer and you're having your sort of initial pleasantries, let your stakeholder or the potential buyer be the first to speak because Having them be the first to speak will give you maybe three, five, possibly 10 minutes to really hone in on that individual, uh, both what their needs, goals, and wants are, but also what their communication styles are. Mm -hmm. What's their volume level, their speech cadence, their tonality, their body language? What are those channels like? And I, and I want to get to know that because I want to tap into them. I'm still going to be myself. I'm still going to be authentic but I'm going to be the version of myself that kind of resonates the most with you. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> so definitely asking the questions, letting your stakeholder speak first. And then this last thing I'll say, 
because obviously I could go on forever about this stuff. Right. But I I love talking about this because I think it's a major mistake salespeople make, which is positioning themselves as the hero in their customer story. You know, like, <clears throat> excuse me, you have this problem. You've got something going on. I'm here with the cape to come in and save the day. But I think this is backwards from what it should be. Mm -hmm. The customer should be the hero. Yep. The buyer at that local Whole Foods, you know, down the street, or maybe it's the buyer of a certain retailer or whatever the case may be. They need to be the hero. The salesperson needs to be the guide. But the guide, if we don't know what the hero wants or what they're striving to achieve, they obviously have an obstacle in front of them. How can we as the guide help them navigate that obstacle? and get to the promised land. If we can do that, we'll be far more effective in every single sales interaction. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, like, yeah, this could be 50 minutes of genius, five zero uh, versus <laughs> one five, um, just talking about this. And I'm already convinced yeah. that I, I wanna have you on again, and you know, maybe in okay. 20 or 30 episodes later, uh, closer to the yeah. episode 100, which we're approaching quickly and really to share a segment on just selling right and persuading and like how to listen but one thing that i've i've realized it's important how how you say things like how i say things mm. pausing you know not speaking too fast not talk i'm doing it right now not talking too much <laughs> yeah and right. like you said um asking really the right questions so what I, I what I love about Zoom calls, which is becoming more commonplace now versus phone calls, right? right? Like I when I meet with a buyer, you know, which is all you know virtual now, I demand that it's on Zoom. I, I don't demand that's the wrong word, but I definitely say we should really have it on Zoom so I can present to you, you know, a deck. But part of that is also me just reading the person, right, and seeing what their body yeah. language is. So if I talk on the phone with them and they're losing interest, I have no idea. They're just quiet. When I see them, you can pick up so much from a person's body language. Uh, I, had, I had a buyer presentation yesterday. Um, I'll leave them anonymous right now. But I started talking about something that I thought they'd be interested in. And the guy started looking, like doing work, <laughs> like in the middle of the meeting. And I, 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 I retracted what I was saying, and I asked him a question to pull them back in. Because mm. what I discovered is exactly why people love coming on this podcast, not only the visibility, People love talking about themselves. People love being yeah, asked questions. Always. You know, people For love sure. the interaction instead of just being talked to. You're, 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 you're really with. You're in the conversation, being involved. So I really love that um, about that strategy. Mm -hmm. So great yeah, stuff, great stuff, man. And um, I think you know, again, we're gonna have you back on because we're almost out of time here. But um, we'll definitely, as you know, in in three to four months from now, right? You're gonna be knee deep in your company, you know, Jake Savage uh, Consulting. You know, I'm sure you have a lot more stories of your clients and success and progress. But now let's transition to rapid fire questions. <laughs> rapid fire questions. Speaking of asking questions, right? So but I, I wouldn't recommend, yeah, yeah I, I would not recommend anyone meeting with a buyer to ask these questions to the buyer um you know <laughs> ask about what's your what kind of velocity are you looking for how can we add value to your set uh, what kind of consumer walks in your door what kind of price point how can we be of value you know like not asking whether you like which boy band you like and what song you listen to when you you know an unlimited amount of times so this is different okay <laughs> yeah, so here we I go it, i'm excited i'm ready one minute or less bunch of questions here we go 
NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. First thing you do when you wake up. <sighs> Wish it wasn't true, but check Instagram. <laughs> on your phone, right? Movie. Yeah. I think it, that's not even available on the computer. It's all on your phone. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. <sighs> Dumb and Dumber. That's exactly what the guy before us said. Taylor really? Logan. Yeah. Said the same that's exact cool movie. Guy. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. Guys, you guys think alike. You should get them to Bass Makers, man. They just launched in Whole yeah. Foods. Song you can li- and talk about commonality, right? That's all about the sales, right? We both yeah, love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Will you hire me? <laughs> I'll uh, definitely reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah. Have the subject line say like, you like Dumb and Dumber too? Like he'll, you know, he'll respond. <laughs> Killer boots, man. Yeah. <laughs> Song you can listen to an unlimited amount of times. Ooh. Um, Alive by Pearl Jam. Favorite sport to watch. Uh, I would go with skateboarding. Okay. You're taking way too long. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, or Google Meet? <laughs> Zoom. What is your favorite? What is your spirit animal? Panther. Panther, right on. Window seat or aisle seat on an airplane whenever you get to fly again in like 2024? Window seat for short flight, aisle seat for long flight. Good answer. Peanut butter or almond butter or neither? Peanut butter. Are you an omnivore, flexitarian, vegetarian, or a vegan? Omnivore. Cold weather or hot weather? Cold weather. Yeah, it's East Coast, baby. LeBron, yeah, right. James, or MJ? MJ. Yep, all the way. Ginger or turmeric? Turmeric. Favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island and you cannot say genius juice chicken penang curry chicken penang you had that like ready to go like that was really quick wow <laughs> think about it all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought about it four times already during this interview that's right yeah yeah so all right man well that is rapid fire questions with jake savage he is the founder of jake savage company and also the chief sales officer of base makers one of the premier merchandising companies shout out to matt max bauman and uh yeah man jake thanks for being on our video cast here and uh always good to see you likewise alex appreciate you having me it was a good time good to see you definitely man take good care all right so that is episode 42 of 15 minutes of genius if you want to reach out to jake we'll have his information in the comments below i'm sure he'll also be resharing it on linkedin so make sure to linkedin with him if you're looking for uh, advice, consultation, or if you want to hire base makers, which is a great merchandising company. Another big plug for Mark Nicholas, Mark Enum at HaddonBeachStudios.net for all your editing desires. He is in, uh, obviously in the city of Manhattan Beach, somewhere near James Cameron, which is a claim to fame for him. So that is it. Episode 42 in the books. Thank you again. And one last thing. What does it say on here? It says genius. Well, you got to stay genius. My friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.